And we are back. Welcome. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the TACCast. Hop, yes. see what I did there? Yes. Yes. <laughs> we are now back on track. No more of that rebranding crap you've been trying to do. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm trying to trying to make us look professional. Like, you know, we're well-deserved gentlemen who talk about video games and are distinguished. And you already threw out professionalism right there. Gone. All right. Here we go. <laughs> yes, we are the TACCast, and we are here to talk about video games. We're adults, we like to play video games and talk about them and enjoy them with our friends. And we have a little community at theadultgamer.com, so please come join us, come have some fun, talk about things, and we'll just keep rolling with the show, because we have a lot to discuss, a lot of things have happened in the world. But before I go any further, Hop, I gotta tell you something here. While, yes. the, while the intro is playing, I cracked open a beer and it is absolutely delicious it is called ninja vs unicorn it is delicious i oh, who it, makes that it's uh from pipeworks in chicago so oh, okay nice you know, i ooh, it's cool I'll, I'll take a picture of it and put it in our uh beer in the forest channel in the discord server nice so anyways back to the show we are here to discuss all the things going on. But before we do that, Hop, what have you been playing, man? Uh, let's see. I've been goofing around with some stuff. Uh, I tried out Dead by Daylight. I got a couple friends that are really into it. It was on Game Pass. I installed it. It's kind of neat. I'm not sure it's quite for me, but I can sort of see the appeal of it. I don't know. I may try it again when there's a bigger... It seems like it's definitely one of those games you want a lot of friends on and not just one or two. Because um, it's co-op. It's... Uh, you know, four, I remember it's four or five survivors versus one killer. It's like basically you're the dumb kids and the other player is the killer, like in a Jason movie or a Halloween movie or a Scream movie, kind of in that sort of theme. A um, little bit of FH5 that's going on tonight, by the way. Uh, Jumped back into Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War because all the sweats are gone and they're on Vanguard. And uh, since there's nothing really new to do on Vanguard right now until the next season starts, I thought that would be fun. Uh, still hacking my way through Kingdoms of Amalar, uh, the remaster, the re-reckoning edition. That is a really fun game. Also been playing a lot of uh, Warhammer Chaos Bane for the Series X, which is like a Warhammer Diablo clone. That's a lot of fun. And then the game that has taken up like all of my time because I'm furiously addicted, a uh, game that's been on my wish list for like two years. I finally was like, you know what? I'm gonna buy it. And that is a, it's an old arcade shoot 'em up from the late '90s that was created by Rising, and then it was uh, ported by M2. <laughs> oh yeah, and PUBG. Yeah, for, yeah. I also played some PUBG. That's right, Havoc. I forgot about that. Uh, reinstalled PUBG, put that on my list. Uh, but anyway, this old school game is Battle Garega. It has a newer port by uh, M2. They are like the master of porting classic arcade games to new hardware. Uh, it's probably the best vertical shoot 'em up game ever made. And now I'm kind of ruined because I've played it so much. Whenever I play another shoot 'em up game, it just doesn't feel good. Uh, but it's a great game. It's 35 bucks on Xbox or PlayStation. I don't think it's available on the Switch. I think it's also on PC. There is supposed to be a uh, M2 collection of Toa Plan shooters coming out, shoot 'em ups. That should be interesting. And there's also a documentary coming out about Toa Plan um, that was kickstarted, and it's going to have Mark from Classic Game Room being, being the narrator. I'm looking forward to that so he can say Truxton a bunch of times. So yeah, that's Hop's journey down crazy classic shoot 'em up. What have you been playing, Finn? Dude, I've been only playing really two games uh, since we last recorded, and that has been two games that have been really challenging to switch between. And that's Halo Infinite multiplayer. Uh, I got a little bit into the new event, the Cyber Showdown. Uh, not as much time as I intended, so I didn't really get many of the collectibles. But that's okay. I'm not really in it for the collectibles. And then lastly, I have been playing since it dropped on Game Pass a lot of Rainbow Six Extraction. I'm really loving it. 
I think it is a great PvE game. I think that it has some really cool mechanics. If you liked the gameplay or the terrorist hunt style of Rainbow Six Siege, then you'll probably really enjoy Extraction. It, it's very slow paced. So you have to really kind of plan your, you know, the routes, the way you go about things. There's several different kinds of object- objectives, but. My favorite thing about it is the mechanic. There's a lot of replayability to the levels because you don't always spawn in the same area at the same or on the same stage. Uh, so you get that kind of like, oh, this is I'm coming at this level from a completely different direction, and and I have to think about it a little differently than I did the first time I played it. So I think that's cool. But the second thing I think is really cool is they have this health mechanic where after you extract if you're low on health you have to play as a different operator for several missions to earn back health for that the first operator that you just played as to be in a position to go back out and run another mission and then on top of that if one of your operators dies or all of the operators die in your in your team then those operators become MIA and you have to go back out to that same level and find them and rescue them and bring them back before you can play as them again. So I thought that mechanic was probably the coolest mechanic that you could do for that because it really forces you to play as other operators. You could easily pick Doc or uh, Ella, uh, Finca, some of these like more healing classes or, you know, they have a lot of, you know, damage or, you know, area AOE type attacks, you could easily play as them all the time and, you know, never really branch out. But because of this mechanic, you're forced to branch out. And then each mission type, some operators are suited better for those missions than others. So you really kind of have to talk about it. And yeah, I did get a chance to play with hybrid as well. And I had actually a lot of fun. That first mission we ran together uh, went horribly wrong way too quick. And we had a exfil immediately after we failed the objective. So, you know, it is, I'm having fun with it. I'm really enjoying it and I want to keep playing it and unlock more operators and try out different things and really see where it goes. Cause I think this game really scratches that itch. So hop, I really do kind of hope you one day, uh, decide to download it off ye old game pass and, and join us for a couple rounds just to you know get your toes a little wet in that extraction goo you know you know that dying light 2 comes out this week right and i know wonderlands comes out like three. Oh, and there's a there's a, so much stuff coming out favorite yeah no i'm not don't get your hopes up that's what i'm gonna say right now oh, it just takes like five minutes right I, I don't i don't i don't we you got a whole list of things to read here in a little bit and i don't even know what to do with this month of february because it is just starting with the first today but what I do know, Hop, is if you are interested, we would love to have you on the show just to talk about something. If there's something you're super passionate about in the world of video games, please let us know. If you just want to hear our thoughts on it, let us know that too. But we'd love to have you on the show, chat, talk about the news, talk about what you're playing, and talk about something uh, just really interesting. You know, one thing I am looking for is somebody that is obsessed with inverted controls. So I would love to have that conversation with somebody one day on our oh. show. But I know two guys. I don't know if I can get them on the show. Both uh, both Gluteus and Bus Coyote are oh obsessed with inverted controls. <laughs> but still, I would love to pick their brain, if you will, because I don't understand that. But anyways, join the show. Come have fun with us. We record on the first and third Tuesday of the month, but we can be flexible if you uh, give us enough notice and then we'll just roll with that. But now it's time for the news. And I, just like last episode, it has been a very shocking week for the video game world. I'm just going to, you know, rip the bandaid off, off hop and tell you that for $3.6 billion, you could have bought Bungie if you had that kind of cash sitting around. Yeah, this is this is an interesting story. So Sony buys Bungie. Bungie originally left, you know, active. Originally they left Microsoft because they didn't want to be forced to work on Halo. Then they go to Activision to work on 
Destiny, and then they leave Activision because they want to be quote-unquote independent, but now they let Sony buy them, probably because they realized, hey, we could use some money. Um, they're saying their games are still going to be multi-platform, which, I don't know. We'll see how that goes. I guess well, it's going to turn into one of those content wars sure. <laughs> here pretty soon. And it, to, to you know, hindsight with this whole thing, like Bungie leaving Activision you know, it was kind of writing on the wall that maybe things weren't as good in Activision land. At oh, the no, time. For, dude, for sure. I'm so, sure. But when they left, they were like, oh, we just want to be independent. But then, you know, I'm just saying money talks. Very true. And you know what else money talks is, I don't know if you noticed this, but this game has like blown up on social media everywhere. And that's the game called Wordle. Have you seen any of these things popping around with the like weird? Yeah, green they and look black, like white imperial squares. officer ranking yeah. tabs on exactly. the uniforms. Yeah. Well, it was made by one guy, and he just managed to net himself a, a cool million from the New York Times, and you know, and it will still remain That's crazy free for now. Uh, but it right. is, you know, it's the New York Times. They'll find a way to monetize that the heck out of it, but. I mean, this thing has blown up. I can't scroll through Facebook or Twitter without seeing these things everywhere right now. So I I have yet to try it. There are a lot of, uh, whatchamacallit, spinoff games that people have created like uh, Nerdle and Loodle to, you know, mimic it. And those seem to be taken off just as well. <laughs> yeah. So the whole... You know, Wordle thing is wild. Oh, Anthem is uh, a Wordle fan. You know, I, I, I'm tempted by it, but also I'm like, I don't know if I could, uh, could do it right. So, I Wordle is definitely intriguing to me, and I, I think I'm too afraid to be, uh, what is that? You know, to get it wrong and then feel like a failure in life. So. Do you remember a while ago, Hop? I don't know. It was like a year maybe when everybody thought Microsoft was going to buy Discord. And then all of a sudden, yes. Sony put a Sony huge... Did. Yeah. They didn't buy them, but they put a, dropped a lot of money into it, invested. Yeah. Well, the first real big thing for that seems to be coming out. And that's uh, Sony can link... Sony PlayStation users can link their PSN accounts to Discord and tell everybody what they're playing now. So... I mean, we, that's what we've been able to do with the Xbox, right? Like yeah. <laughs> so that is something that they can do uh, starting in U.S. only, and they'll branch out further. But, yeah, it, they, they're going to be able to do it and show everything. Granted, you know, Hybrid and I were talking before we started recording, and just one of the things that we were just talking about is like, you know, Hybrid made a great point. He said, we all assume assume that one day Discord will work on like PlayStation because of all the stuff going on uh, in the terms of like voice calls or, you know, I don't know if text chatting will be a viable option on a console. But, you know, do you think that it will get there with Sony and or PlayStation and Discord or do you think it will get there with every platform or is it just going to be a you know discord will remain pc mobile and for the most part and that's it well i I don't know i'm sure sony you know ports a lot of their games to pc maybe that's what they're looking for in the future is to have discord integration so that players on playstation can talk with players on pc more easily yeah i don't know i mean because we you know Hybrid and I were talking, and one of the things I said is, you know, I love Xbox Party Chat. I think it's probably the best voice comm system out there that I experienced, really. But I will say, when it doesn't work, it really effing sucks, right? And there's not another option unless you're willing to do some creative, stick a earbud in your ear while you have your headset on and all that random garbage just to be able to use discord as well so it'd be nice if there was a second option but i get it you know you don't maybe want that to be the case so uh hybrid thanks for reminding me that it is just a game sometimes i just have to let those things go i appreciate it 
All right. So these next few stories or next two stories I pulled are, you know, leading into some of the conversation that we may have later on in the show, but it takes two, which one game of the year at the 2021 game awards is getting, uh, you know, produced to be a live action movie or TV show. There's no real definitive one way or the other, but DJ two entertainment has secured the rights, I guess, to do the film or video adaptation of the game. They are the ones that also brought us Sonic the Hedgehog movies and some Tomb Raider movies. This is all reported by variety, by the way. And it, it was, it's interesting. I still have yet to play Takes Two, but I've heard only amazing things about it. I know like Ghost Touched has raved about it, and it, that was his personal game of the year. I know a few other people who felt the same way about yeah, it. Yeah, so. a lot of, a lot of reviews. It was in a lot of top, like best Xbox games of the year, best games of the year lists. Yeah. Um, and then another. This one was another game that I actually really loved playing back in 2000. I think it's it was probably one of my games of the year during 2000, and that was Alice McGee, or American McGee's Alice. Did you ever play that? No, it always looked cool. I, I mean, I always appreciated his design work. He worked for id Software for many years. Um, I think I played like a demo on my PC way back in the day. Okay. But I, I never played the full game. So it's definitely a trip, right? It's... Uh, it's a wild game. It takes place obviously in the Alice in Wonderland world, but they really take it like kind of in a dark twist with it. And I really, really enjoyed playing it, but it uh, looks like David Hader who, you know, I didn't realize was the voice of solid snake as well as one of the original writers of the X-Men movie or the original X-Men movie. And he's apparently, David working, Hader. yeah, he's working <laughs> on uh you know, making an adaptation for film or TV or for TV for this uh, franchise. So I think that'd be pretty cool. I, I mean, like I said, it's a really dark twist on the Alice in Wonderland world and it had some really wild things. I mean, you pretty much carry like a kitchen knife around to, to attack things. So it's pretty wild. Then Witcher three wild hunt. That was a game of the year for many people for a long time, but inside of it, they had this little card game called Gwent, which then got its own spinoff and then its own, you know, singles, you know, multiplayer spinoff. And then eventually its own, you know, story-based game called the Witcher tales Thronebreaker. But apparently sometime in 2022, they're supposed to be releasing a new version of this game as well as a single player uh, campaign with it. Oh, interesting. So, you know, those card-based games definitely took off for a, a long while, and Gwent really got a lot of following with it. Did you do you like those card-based games? I mean, outside maybe. I've never really gotten into them. I played a lot. No. I played several for several years. I played like Magic, The Gathering, like the right. with yeah, actual my cards. Was into that, right? But I don't think I ever. I never really got into the video game version of those card based games like yeah the closest i got was on the neo geo pocket back in the day there was a snk capcom card battle clash which was kind of like a pokemon style game That'd yeah be the closest i ever got to a card game uh i always felt weird playing some of those games like that you know even you know for a while they had a run on those like hasbro was a Hasbro games like you know you saw Monopoly on the computer or Sorry, and it just didn't like I don't know I just didn't feel right playing those games like it, I wanted to touch the pieces with my hands and doing those you know moving your little dog around or thimble around the Monopoly board digitally just I don't know didn't give the same satisfaction for me, but all right couple more stories and then I'm done. But according to Jeff Grubb, big insider journalist person and Windows Central, Certain Affinity is supposedly working on a Monster Hunter-like game that is codenamed Project Suerte. Certain Affinity worked, helped co-develop Halo Infinite 
And the other rumor is certain affinity is also working on some massive multiplayer mode. They did the uh, halo two anniversary multiplayer. Yes, they did that. They did that whole thing. Yep. And they are supposedly also another rumor with them is they're working on some kind of (sighs) halo infinite multiplayer, uh, mode. mode. So, I mean, people are probably like clamoring that it's going to be battle Royale. I don't know, but in the end, it's interesting that Microsoft is going after that Monster Hunter style game. I know that you loved Monster Hunter World so much that you uninstalled it almost immediately. I love the idea of Monster Hunter World. And maybe with uh, uh, a different development team that knows how to actually like program how online co-op games with your friends are supposed to work. Like if you have an online game that's co-op and you send me an invite, I should just be able to join your game. I shouldn't have to wait for you to send a signal flare to a ship on another server. Like it was just annoying. And that's, I've brought this up before. A lot of Japanese game developers have these weird online gaming setups that just make no sense. Whereas I can like, if you were playing destiny two and you had a fire team, I could literally just join your fire team by clicking on your name. But in monster hunter world, it was like fucking rigmarole. That's the main reason why I uninstalled that game is it was not easy to play with your friends. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't have enough time to deal with this shit. Well, so yes, if certain affinity makes a clone of it, that is, has kiss, oh man, if it has killer combat, like kingdoms of Amalar, uh, I'll I'll be all over it. Well, I mean that King. We've talked about this several times. Kingdoms of Amalur has probably some of the best combat in like the fantasy world that I have always loved. And that game, that game is just so good. And I just hate the fact that we. Oh, I guess THQ Nordic owns owns the rights to it now. So maybe we'll see more in that. Yeah, world. if this remaster sells really well, maybe. They will have a sequel made or, or the they have they own they bought everything. They own all the artwork yep. and everything those guys did for the eventual MMO. They have all of that. So yeah. we could still get an MMO for that, maybe. It's very true. So the this next story, I have to dance around it in a way because I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> So, do you remember a little game that was announced and teased? Oh, God, I don't even know how many years ago it was, but Star Wars thirteen thirteen. Yeah, yes, yes. looked amazing. It was going to be the best thing ever, right? We were so yes. excited. We were starved mm-hmm. for Star Wars games, mm-hmm. and then it got canceled. Mm-hmm. Well. Mm-hmm. Without going into any details, it seems like Star Wars 1313 has lived on. Uh, According to some level designer uh, on Twitter, he talked about how some of the level designs seem to have made their way into episodes of The Mandalorian and the book Book of Boba Fett. Again, I don't want to say anything. You know... That's but I think that's awesome. Cool thing. That's what Dave Filoni does. He takes stuff that, you know, if somebody had already made it, he's like, hey, if it fits in with the new canon, let's bring it in because somebody already put all the love into it. And he's yeah. done that with so many things. Uh, yeah, it's going to be real interesting to see what goes down for these last few episodes of the current Boba Fett show. But yeah, it, I think that's awesome. I think it was a really cool touch, and it was awesome to see that level designer to recognize that and say, "Hey, look, I did that." And even though the game may not have never come out, at least somebody's using something from it for good. But speaking of Star Wars, EA, who has the rights to make Star Wars game for at least another year or so, I believe. Yeah, exclusive for another year, and then it's yeah. gonna be then it's gonna be on a case by case basis yep. with EA still able to make Star Wars games, but other publishers also able to make Star Wars games. So now it looks like EA has three Star Wars games in development, a strategy game. And a sequel to Star Wars Jedi 
Fallen Order. Fallen Order. I'll be all over that. Like, yep. You know what? And then finally, and a FPS game, the, which the rumored FPS game, which is probably going to be Kyle Katarn because we all know it's coming. Oh, please God! <laughs> I will lather my body in all sorts of stuff just to make that happen. Wow. Will. I can't wait for Ubo to hear this. I know, but uh, yes, an FPS which has been confirmed not to be Battlefront Three. Which I think is the right call. <laughs> so, I yeah. Mean, well, th- with with how good Battlefront twenty forty two is doing, that's probably a good call. Yeah. So, anyways, I think you know, I think this is EA's last shot at really kind of saying, "Hey, we can we can do right by Star Wars," but they outside of Fallen Order and and I you know Battlefront games to an extent. They have not really produced a lot of quality or at least quantity of Star Wars stuff. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, you know, even though it was, what was the, what was the, uh, the X-Wing, uh, game squadron. Yeah. Star Wars squadrons. Mm. I mean, it was the game. I wish I hadn't bought. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it, it, it definitely was a certain cup of tea that you had to really like and, and people seemed to enjoy it and it you know and then some people did not and then my final story that i picked up this week or this last couple of weeks was one of the big things that i've been really enjoying about halo infinite has been the response to the community in some ways it's been really really nice to see that they are listening to what people are saying and they're making changes in some ways it's a little concerning that I worry that, you know, enough, you know, vocal, maybe minority or just enough people clamoring for change. They may make a change that may not be good, but one change that definitely is good is they are for season two, adding in the ability to earn credits back in your battle pass, like you do in call of duty. And I, I mean, they didn't say anything about what it will look like, but I think that is great to be able to pay money. If you max out the battle pass, you'll get a little bit of that, that those credits back that you can either use for the next battle pass or, you know, in game items that you would like to purchase. So I think that is a nice little thing to have and allows you to kind of feel like you're, you know, maybe earning a little bit more than you thought. So Anyways, that does it for news for me, Hop. I'm going to just let you kind of let the game roll out, roll out of your mouth. Really? Yeah, because right. you, you uh, got a lot to talk see. about. Woo! February 1st today, Life is Strange Remaster Collection. That's basically on everything. Dying Light 2, that's February Can't wait, 4th. can't wait, can't wait. PC, PlayStation, Xbox, find it, get it, everything but Switch, basically. Uh, Sifu, February 8th, uh, PC, PS, PlayStation Systems. Uh, I believe this is pronounced Oli Oli World. Uh, this is on everything, February 8th. I don't even know what that is. Is it Oli Oli? Oli Oli World? Is it a skateboarding uh. game? <laughs> Diplomacy <laughs> is not an option. Steam Early Access, February 9th. This game I'm super excited for. I will definitely be getting this. I played the original one on my Sega Saturn, and that is Power Slave Exhumed. It, the port is by Night Dive Studios. It's coming out on Xbox, PlayStation, and Switch February 10th. It's a first-person shooter-slash-adventure game, sort of in the vein of Metroid Prime, but the original version was first created for the Sega Saturn back in, like, 96. Um... Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 plus 2.5 Remix. Uh, this collection, it's on Switch, February 10th. Edge of Eternity, February 10th. That looks to be on PlayStation and Xbox. Grapple Dog, PC and Switch, February 10th. Lost Ark, PC, February 11th. Not Tonight 2, PC, February 11th. Die After Suns, Steam Early Access, February 11th. Infernax, something that's on all the systems, February 14th. 
Dynasty Warrior 9 Empires. That looks to be on everything February 15th. Another game I'm really looking forward to, King of Fighters 15. PC, PlayStation, and Xbox February 17th. Please have good lobbies. Please have good net code. Please have crossplay. Thank you. Total War Warhammer 3 PC February 17th. Assassin's Creed, the Ezio Collection hits the Switch February 17th. Horizon Forbidden West, the one game that I wish I had a PlayStation to play. That's February 18th. Destiny 2 Witch Queen expansion hits everything except Stadia. It looks like February 22nd. Man, I forgot Mar- that was coming out this month. Like I felt like it was going right? to be later. But So much stuff. Martha yeah. is dead. Is this about Superman and Batman's mom? <laughs> PC, PS4, <laughs> Xbox, February 24th. <laughs> What'd uh, you say? Yeah. I tell you, Sophie 2, The Alchemist of the Mysterious Dream. Now, that's a crazy title. PC, PlayStation, and Switch, February 25th. Grid Legends, PC, PlayStation, Xbox, February 25th. Elden Ring, The Fen yes, Game, yes, PC, yes, yes, PlayStation, yes. Xbox. Box, February 25th. Steam Deck launched hard, new hardware February 25th. And then Leap Steam Early Access the end of February. That's a lot of games, I think. For I mean, February. for me. Yeah, for me, between Dying Light 2 and Power Slave and King of Fighters, that's a lot. Oh my God. And then yeah. I'll, I'll keep my eye on Elden Ring and see what's going on there. Yeah, it so, is. So, yeah, that's one of those months. It is definitely a ton of video games coming out. And, you know, a lot of these are what pushed back from last year because of all the delays. So, you know, I have a feeling for the next couple of years, we might see a lot of er big releases here in the early months of a new year. So, you know, strap your pants on or your non pants on. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of that, uh, Our gaming community updates, um, Tuesday nights are alternating Forza Horizon 5 and Halo Infinite, starting today, February 1st, with Forza Horizon 5, and then every other Tuesday will be Halo all through the year, but I'll just remind everybody at the beginning of the month. Thursday nights, let's see, uh, the other game night, this Thursday, February 3rd, we have Splitgate, which has crossplay. February 10th, Knockout City, which I also believe has crossplay, right? Yep. February 17th, Gears 3 with the 60 frame FPS boost mode if you're on a Series X. I think even the One X, it might do that. Um, February 17th. And then February 24th, Guacamelee 2. I didn't even realize that game had a multiplayer. I mode, didn't know so. either. So I I will look into that too with our right. champion Anthem here who schedules all these things. Friday Night Fight Club. Um Probably looking at the last few weeks of MK11 for a little while because if KOF 15 really takes off, that's probably going to be all what Fight Club is. <laughs> so get your MK11 matches in now. Uh, Fenrir, are we got any new books going on? You know, since we're recording on the first day of the month, uh, we have not selected a new book for this month, but join our book club channel by adding yourself the book club role and you'll find out as soon as that book is selected for the month of february there's been some good discussions about the last book from the month of january so Can i just say something about the tag community real quick i'm just scrolling through our tag players i was looking at something yeah and uh you know people like to change their names and be funny but there's somebody with the tag or with the name gordon freeman and they're playing final fantasy 14 and I think that's just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. I mean, yeah, we definitely have a long list of people in our community that do play all sorts of games. You know, it, you know, I don't know. Wait, hold on one second. Don't tell me. I just, now you have me scrolling through the list and I thought I saw something and I have my brain all. All right. Never mind. We, uh, you know, like I said, we have a we have a large community that people play all sorts of games, and we talk about all sorts of things that range from obviously video games to sports to fitness to uh, food, beer, you know, whatever. Like, there's there's a channel for it, and we have some fun. And maybe who knows, the manscaping channel may make a comeback at some point. 
I can't make promises on that, but I will say things, things happen. So, you know, maybe we'll get that manscaping channel for Ubo to post, uh, his long locks and what his, uh, secret is to keeping the dandruff at bay. But hop, I want to shift gears back to the conversation. We kind of started earlier this past weekend, uh, the Halo live-action TV trailer dropped. And I, I, I'm i excited. It has, my, it has me ready to go for the first episode whenever that comes on March like 24th or something like that. But I'm super stoked for it. And what I'm really excited for is the fact that they are completely abandoning. Well, let me rephrase it. They are choosing to make a different timeline separate from the yeah, games and books. They're going to run their own continuity. And you know what? Uh, I'm going to let you finish, but this is when you have something like this game that's been going on for 20 something years and you want to attract new people, you can't. You could, but it would be hard to try and shoehorn that all in, right? And that's kind of like what the MCU had to do. They're like, okay, we're going to start this new thing. We've got, I mean, at the time the MCU started in 2008, you had 60 years of comic book history to sift through. You know what I mean? So they did, They. it's the same sort of thing, I feel like, where when, especially because we're adapting to TV is, you know, um, it's not an interactive medium, right? We're yeah. we're experiencing, but we're not participating in it. So um, I watched the trailer, and it, it looks interesting. There's quite a bit different. There were a cu- couple parts I was like, what the fuck is that? But at the same time, I'm like, all right, well, I can't wait to see what they do with this. It looks, it looks faithful to the ideas of the source material while also being its own thing, which is what I can ask for when anytime you do an adaptation, whether it's going from book to movie, comic book to TV series, TV series to movie, movie to book, radio to sh- like any of that, like adapt it w- what works best. And, you know, hopefully they have a good cast and good writing I mean, if it's a good show and it holds people's attention and gets people interested in Halo, that's what we're looking for, right? Yeah, and I think that the biggest thing is that this show has to be more accessible than just those who already know and love Halo, right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, and making their own timeline, making their own world, that happens to follow maybe some of the same story beats is going to be good. And then you get the nice fan service stuff that I think is really awesome. Like having the voice of Cortana actually act as Cortana in the, in the movie. I think that is a cool, awesome nod and touch. And obviously it'll be a, a longstanding thing, but I think that's great. That was her name, Jen Taylor, right? She is going to be the actress for that role on the screen. And I think that is great now people seem to be losing their mind that she's not blue or purple and i think that is to me that is kind of nitpicking and being silly about it all but at the it end, was a little jarring when i thought i was like what the fuck that's cortana get out of here it's like she looks like a bad extra from a 1970s kiss video <laughs> yeah no totally yeah i mean it was definitely it 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 was like whoa what's happening but in the yeah. end i think it's i think it's like let them do their thing, right? Let them make yeah, a story no, that sure. works. And and maybe this whole thing's going to suck and we're going to hate it anyways. But in the end, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for them to do it. I, I do agree with, like again, like you just said, it was kind of jarring to see not see a bur- blue-purple Cortana. It, it was a little, also a little jarring not to hear Steve Downs as the voice of Master Chief. Yeah, that, that was a little weird, right? But I'm that glad they're not weird. James Earl Jones Jonesing it, right. right? You know, I think that's the right call. I just I don't know, I'm excited for it. So with you know, we went down a huge rabbit hole and and you know, you definitely you know took the mic and ran with it there for a moment. But I I agree with you hundred percent that in today's world it seems like 
we have to have this multimedia approach and things, especially in the gaming world. You know, it's Halo, Mass Effect, Gears. Uh, I'm I'm sure there's t- Destiny. Tons of gaming franchises have extrapolated their stories into so many different mediums, whether it's books, comics, podcasts, or you know whatever it is. And you know, for me, like if I think about Halo and Gears, I haven't read any of the books for any of those series, and I love those series. I also haven't read the books for mass effect and i love like that is my number one gaming franchise in my mind because it just becomes so complicated for me to keep all those stories straight and my question for you hop really in this whole thing is do you think that we are what's the oversaturating our stories and the mediums that are out there to make continuity work. Um, like, what do you mean, Finn? I that may have been a <laughs> bad way to word that question. Yeah, right? I was like, wait, what? <laughs> do you think the the fact that we have a game and books and comics and podcasts and all these things that are happening? And they're all canon. They're all connected. Do you think that is an issue that we're facing in our storytelling with video games? I think it depends on if it's planned. Like, okay, for example, like basically with the new Star Wars canon, they've planned this to have these books that fill in things, these TV shows to fill in things, and then the movies and events. And they have people that oversee all of that so it all fits together yeah in in the case of where halo is at right now that's why to me it totally makes sense that they with this tv show they're like we got to do our own thing because the halo games started on a, a cohesive canon and then pretty much jumped the shark after halo 4 wasn't as big as they wanted they kind of jumped the story a little bit with halo 5 and the same sort of thing happened and then the ending of halo 5 and the beginning of halo infinite it's like you missed a whole game in between but instead of a game it's a book that they put out and so if you want to know that story you got to go read that book so yes and i i think it depends on how it's handled yeah i mean i think like marvel and has done a good job with their MCU, obviously. And now that it has branched into the Disney plus territory, you, you see that everything is still moving in the same direction. Work, yeah. Right. But, you know, outside of the Netflix and the ABC, you know, agents of shield show that they came out with, like there was, those are some of the misses in terms of the overall story of Marvel was telling, especially with like that Thanos story arc that, you know, culminated at the end of Endgame. But I think that the biggest thing that for me is like Halo is really tough because they try to tell so many stories as the universe is still progressing forward. And honestly, since I didn't read the books, I missed a lot of those stories. And when I got into Halo 4 or Halo 5, Mainly Halo Five and now Infinite. There's that's, obviously yeah, that's that's where it really spots, fell right? apart. Whereas if you didn't read the books, right? You going from that's what I meant. Halo, Halo One, Halo Two, Halo ODST, Halo Three, Halo Reach. Those all work. Now I had some gripes with the Reach game because it contradicted parts of the Reach book, which Bungie authorized as the prequel to. Yeah, Halo series. I was like, ah, they sort of shoehorned and made it work later. But hey, and we get to Halo Four, and Halo Four kind of started out like as a clean slate, which was cool. Everything else had worked up to that point, and then at the end of Halo Four, I guess they decided the fans whined about the story, so they're like, okay, well, we're gonna do Halo Five like this, which means we gotta mess a bunch of shit up. Yeah, and then like you know, thinking about like gears, you know, I, I. Again, I haven't followed the books as much, but I feel like so years one to three and the books that belong to that are all one cohesive. Like you didn't need to read the books 
the books just filled in some of the backstory that maybe you like yeah. after reading the books you kind of understood why some of the characters were the way they were it's, it seemed like the books really dealt with more of the past like the pendulum wars and some of those yeah. other things rather than the actual story that was well, currently it, yeah happening. and it gets into like the relationship between hoffman and bernie like all these other ancillary characters but it didn't like you didn't need to read those books to understand mm-hmm. the story of gears one to three a lot of the main lore in the gears game is in gears two that's yeah. where the main lore comes in the whole like once you connect the dots but uh, Gears Four and Five, I don't know. That's a whole other. Now I'd be I don't curious really care about the story in those ones. I'd be curious. Like I know we have Ubo here listening, and you know, he's such a Tony. diehard Destiny person that like I know there's other stories that have been told in the Destiny world outside of the books or the. Oh, that universe cars. is huge. You know, so as far as their lore, I'd be interested in to kind of hear his thoughts about you know the continuity of books comics and you know whatever with destiny but I, I really like i really do think that we we're living in an age where this multimedia approach can be i don't know over overwhelming yeah, overwhelming. overwhelming no i'd agree i think and, i think at times it can be i mean i definitely have for me personally i have a hard time with playing games enough to keep up with a lot of these things right so jumping into you know all the other things like reading and whatnot makes it much harder for me to go forward with a story if i have to go read a book right and i loved halo infinite's campaign i i I had a blast with it the gameplay was solid the story was a little eh i mean you kind of have to fill in the gaps in places but i i enjoyed it enough to to want to ingest more of that world and what is going on in that storyline. But when it comes to other games, you know, I just don't have the time to do all that. So when they come out with these movies, like this American McGee's Alice, or uh, what was the other thing I talked about? It takes two, even though I never played it takes two, you know, I really hope they kind of have their own story with it. And not try to be, I don't know, faithful to the game. Like they can kind of create their own universe with it. So that way they can have fun with it. They can tell their story. And they can bring in those tidbits that, you know, maybe honor the the, the original story that was told. But not, you know, feel like they have to be pigeonholed to make it look and feel exactly like the game. Because I think a comment you said earlier rings true. Video games are an interactive medium, and when you can't, can no longer interact, and you have to sit there and just take what they give you in terms of the yeah, you know, and a passive presented. medium like a book yes. or a movie, it becomes really difficult. and And I and I fear for those franchises trying to do that because I think that people will, you know, lose their shit, if you will, and the loud minority of people will terrorize this game or the, the film or TV adaptation and destroy its potential success in the future. Right. Oh, always. <laughs> so here's a question always. to think about. What do you think is the better medium in terms of uh live, not necessarily live action or animated? Like what, do you think might be the better medium for maybe a video game adaptation? I would, I think it would really depend on the game. If it's something really kind of really far out there, animation might work better or budgetary. Like if it's a game that has a crazy amount of imagination, uh, animation work better because the budget's going to go further. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they're trying to tell a story that has a lot of human involvement and drama with character building, probably live action. I mean, now the the budgets are getting closer together, especially like with the stuff that um, they developed to do the Mandalorian with. Yeah. Uh, being able to use those kind of sound stages, that kind of that's going to change the game. So I think it would just be what what is best to serve the story. At its given time. 
I, I um, could get behind it. Like the Arcane series that came out on Netflix that is based off the League of Legends. I started a couple episodes and, you know, I, I've made my stance known on animation has not always been something that has kept my interest. So like right. and things like that, like I have nothing against it. Just for some reason, my brain doesn't, you know, want to hit the next play button, but I really enjoyed the first two episodes I watched on arcane and I, and I'm eager to watch more of it. And I have no desire to really dive into the league of legends world in the video game. But for some reason, the animation has been pretty cool so far. And I, and I, and I look forward to watching more about it. So Ubo, you can slow down there, man. I, I there's nothing wrong with it. I actually like, enjoyed it. Loved the, uh, the animated adaptation for Castlevania. That was four seasons yes. on Netflix. That was, that was phenomenal. They did a killer job and that was the perfect medium to do that game in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, bad then, adaptation would be the live action Doom movie that had the rock in it. That was really bad. Let's you know all what? Try to forget that ever happened. <laughs> I own that DVD and I don't have any quarrels about it. I, <laughs> there's something about that movie that is so terribly good that I, I, I enjoy it. Carl Urban and the rock. Come on. You can't. Can't go wrong. I mean, you could put Carl Urban in The Rock in anything, and it's probably at least better than decent. But it was I'm, Doom, and I had I had expectations. And no, I know, I know. And you know, oh, Are You Dead brought up uh, The Witcher, which is interesting because The Witcher show is not based on the games at all. It's based on the books that were originally written that games one and two were based on. So. Yeah, it's, you know, I don't even know if you can classify The Witcher as a video game show. Granted, I think a lot of people watch The Witcher because... more people know about the game, and then the show made them aware of the books. So the books are now, at least in the West, the books are now becoming known here. Very true. I mean, I will say, like, one of my other favorite franchises that I've played is Metro Exit, or the Metro series. Uh, 2033 also right well yeah it was originally a book and i've read through the book and you know i didn't read the book until after obviously i played the games and you know i do think that there is you know when it's based off of one or the other it's great i don't i don't know i'm kind of of the mind that i wish my games just stayed games and then if they were to branch out to other mediums that they would kind of have their own maybe storytelling and not have to try to connect the dots, if you will. I mean, that's just, yeah. Well, one of the, yeah. One of the things I liked with, with the Castlevania anime is they took the whole continuity of all the games. They're like, what is like a really fun period to do? Let's do that. And they truncated the story to focus on that time period, the period around the, Castlevania 3 era which is the prequel to Castlevania 1 and 2. And uh, but that had the most rich amount of storytelling <clears throat> for them to play with. So I yeah, think I'm... when you when you can find that good story beat. Now it's when they try to like cram everything in the kitchen sink that shit falls apart. Yeah. And and in the end like just make a good game. Just make a good TV show, book, whatever it is you're going to make. You know, just take your time. Make sure that it is what you want it to be when you put it out there. And and let us enjoy it, right? I will, I mean, to go back and, I don't know, beat on a dead horse maybe. One of my favorite, I guess, cross-medium, cross-medium, things that have happened in the I guess last 10 years was the Hunt the Truth podcast that came out for Halo 5. Which was way better than Halo 5. Yes. <laughs> way better than Halo 5. You know, it created such an exciting feeling leading up to that game which I think honestly, I don't know, maybe if they never released Hunt the Truth 
Halo for 5. me, that might have made Halo Five better. I was True. so hyped to play it. That podcast had me so excited, yes. and then when the game came out, I was like, "Really? Yeah." What the hell? I mean, I think you, me, and several other million people had the same issue with it. But I, I do kind of like that, I guess, in a way. Uh, in the end, I, I just, you know. I'm just a dude with a microphone sitting here in my basement talking about video games with a with a good buddy that I you know have had the pleasure of playing video games with for the past five or six years and I don't even know how long it's been now hop but the point is like I just want to enjoy what is out there and I don't want to be you know in a position where I'm like god damn what I yeah, what I don't like is where it's something like if you don't have access to these external storylines that you're totally lost. And that's yeah. one of the things that kind of sucks about um, Halo Infinite is that they don't really give you a lot of information uh, outside of like what happened between 5 and Infinite. You know, that that part kind of sucks. I mean... That's what I mean when they when they leave you out of the loop. Like when they when they do an adaptation of a story and it's... Adap- adapting the game for a different medium that's one thing but when they're like leaving you out of the story loop and say okay if you want to know what happened here go read this book go read this comic go watch this show go listen to this podcast that kind of stuff is frustrating yeah i i all have to disagree here in the chat they're they're talking about rd red dead redemption being a good tv series and dude i'd be all over that i would I, be all over that i mean i don't disagree i think it ha- it's ripe for being a good tv series but uh tony's over here trying to talk like john marston should be the main character i would have to disagree uh arthur morgan should be the main character so well, if they're going to do if they're going to do seasons the first couple seasons would be Arthur and then they would do a John Marston and then the sure. th- like the fourth season would be his son cuz if you I won't do any spoilers um <laughs> <laughs> but i mean you know and honestly i don't even think you would need like that whole world is so ripe you could probably just tell your own story in a way right and not necessarily have to. They could bypass both the games and start with uh, what I just spoiled. <laughs> true, very true. You know, anyways, I, I hop. I enjoy this conversation. I mean, we have a lot of things coming out over the next. I don't know. You know, two or three years of a lot of adaptations, or you know, maybe continuations or continuity stories being told in various mediums but in the end we we both truly know that at some point in time this year the borderlands movie will come out and we will enjoy God that damn it friend get out of here <laughs> did you think i would go this entire episode without bringing it up <laughs> all right well that does gonna, it for us, man. I'm going to mail something to McSwitch that he can beat you with. <laughs> well, you better make it quick because, you know, McSwitch yeah, no, he's won't be local for me. But anyways. I know. I know. I'm kind of bummed. That's hilarious. You're, you're a son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, oh, Ubo brings up, do you think Sony will make a Destiny movie? They could. They definitely could. Hybrid and I were talking about it before the the uh, show and he was like well who do you think should act it and i was like well don't they already have the actors lined up right i mean right. every single char- major character in that show is played by an actual like f- film tv actor that could just jump right into it right so you know yes lance reddick uh nathan fillion nathan fillion yeah, you could get uh, Peter Dinklage back. Just oh man, wait. that would just be slapping people in the face. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but there's tons of you know actors that are already doing that that would just translate really well. I'm sure Troy. I don't mean I don't even know what Troy Baker looks like, so I just know his voice in a way. The, but in the end. You know, I think it is an awesome problem that we have in a way that we have all these 
ways to ingest stories for the things that the story, the franchises that we love. And I can't wait to kind of see what continues to come from this. So hop, I'm going to just kind of end that conversation there, but for you, do you have any final words that, you know, before we jump off this show for this episode? No, I just want to thank everybody for checking out the TagCast, theadultgamer.com. Come join our Discord if you are interested in getting more in-depth into some uh, science fiction, retro-future, anime culture. Come check out my podcast, the Retro Futures Culture Podcast, hosted on Ruminations Radio Network. Come check us out at ruminationsradionetwork.com. You can hit me up on Twitter at Futurist Retro, or you can come to the adultgamer.com Discord and find me there. What about you, Finn? I am, you can find me on Twitter at TheFenrir765, as well as uh, Xbox Fenrir765. And, uh, you know, I'm just hanging out, talking about video games and chatting and enjoying the world. Uh, like I said, I, I'm a I'm a gaming butterfly. You know, you'll if you say, hey, let's play a game, I'll, I'll play whatever if i got it installed and ready to go i mean only if he has it installed only if he's remembered to update it you were supposed to play PUBG, and then you're like oh i didn't update it i didn't know i didn't know it was supposed to auto update (laughs) it's been too long i know i'm giving you i know crap but yeah well uh i you know i'm down to play whatever i i have a lot of games that i jump around to so it doesn't take much to convince me to play something so anyways we are the adultgamer.com community podcast or tagcast. So until the next time, I'll catch you on the flippity flip.